Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Grouse Timberwolves newsletter. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. If you'd like to subscribe to House and Grouse, please follow the link in the show notes or head to houseandgrouse.substack.com. Grab a free trial, a $3 per month subscription. We had an influx of subscription after the Kyle Anderson article that was posted yesterday, which was really cool for me, but also... Should give some some incentive to jump over there and give it a read yourself, but the real incentive should be the Minnesota Timberwolves themselves because we are still looking at an undefeated team in 2023 after they cruise past the Los Angeles Clippers 128 to 115. And even then, that scoreline really doesn't justify how well the Wolves played and how easily they crushed the Clippers, who were Sands, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, of course. And man, all of a sudden, all of the storylines surrounding this team are positive ones. There is the one downer, of course, that Anthony Edwards left this game early thanks to his bothersome hip injury. We don't really know a lot of details on that, but that really shouldn't be anything long-term from what we know right now. But aside from that, it's all swell in Wolves' world right now. They're percolating offensively. They forced the Clippers to an effective field goal percentage lower than 50%, which is an elite number. And the second game in a row that they've done that, they did that same thing against Denver. And they got really nice performances from D'Angelo Russell, Jaden McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, and even Nas Reed, who went four from four in his nine minutes of court time. But the man of the hour, of course, was Rudy Gobert, the man whose name has maybe rightfully, in some cases, been dragged through the mud this season. But for the second straight game, he was brilliant. In fact, this one might have been his best game of the season. So that's why this episode's number is 25, as in the 25 points Gobert scored in this game. But really, that's only the starting point for examining his his big night. So let's talk about it more after a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
So, yes, Gobert scored 25 points and each one of them really felt like a weight was being lifted off his shoulders. He's had a rough season and it's kind of got worse as the season has gone on after this recent really hot stretch from him. And on many nights, he has kind of embodied the Timberwolves as a whole and he embodied them in this game, but obviously in a more positive way than he has embodied them in a lot of games this season. And he was awesome in this game, and he was awesome in a lot of ways. Obviously, the scoring was one way and probably the most important way on the score sheet, as is the case with Gobert most of the time. Those buckets came in the way of dunks and layups and putbacks. But tonight, it felt a little different because it was one of those rare nights this season where he and his teammates were synergized, and those kind of buckets really seemed to come naturally. I do think, to be fair to Gobert, a lot of the things he did to get his points in this game, he does every game. He rolled hard off screens, he snuck behind the defense from the dunker's spot along the baseline, and he cleared out space to get points on the offensive glass. But again, his teammates were just in a rhythm with him in this game that they haven't been in most of this season. On occasions, it was Kyle Anderson or even Jade McDaniels kind of cracking open the first line of defense and drawing Ivica Zubak away from the rim or drawing Moses Brown away from the rim and then throwing lobs to Rudy as a result of that. On other occasions, it was D'Angelo Russell kind of sneaking pocket passes through tight gaps in pick and roll play. With the kind of timing that we haven't seen this season and the kind of timing that allowed Gobert to get the ball and finish without taking a dribble, and taking a dribble often can be Gobert's fatal flaw. And then from there, it kind of grew and it branched out into all parts of the Timberwolves game as a whole. His presence started to bend uh, the Clippers' defense. And that is the kind of thing that Gobert did in Utah that made him such a ridiculously high-impact player for the Jazz. After Anderson and McDaniels and Russell started to get Gobert going, Los Angeles' defense had to react, right? And that reaction came by collapsing from the corners to take away the roll man. And then, credit to those same ball handlers, but in particular Anderson and Russell, they used Gobert's gravity to find Torian Prince in the corner or even Jaden McDaniels in the corner. And that helped the Wolves shoot better from deep than the Clippers on way more attempts. And as I've been harping on about all season, if Minnesota shoot threes, if they make threes, then they have a really good chance to win the game. So he pretty much set the tone offensively and then Gobert warped LA's defense to the point of no return. And that's been something that he just hasn't been able to do this season. It's something that he was able to do for Utah for many seasons, but it's something he hasn't been able to do for Minnesota this season. Coming into this game, the Wolves were 12.7 points per 100 possessions worse when Gobert was on the floor. Worse. That ranks in the first percentile for all players league-wide. The first percentile. He will need many more games of offensive proficiency to dig himself out of that hole. But this was a start, right? The numbers for his on-off, you know, his on-off numbers in this specific game isn't available as of now. But I can tell you that the Wolves starting lineup had a 145.3 offensive rating in the 14 minutes that they played together, and obviously Gobert is a massive part of that starting unit, and that starting unit in general, whether it's been with Towns or with Anderson or with whatever number of players have kind of cycled through that starting lineup, 
have pretty much always had a bad offensive rating when Gobert is out there with them. And obviously, 145 points per 100 possessions is a massive number. It would be the best number in the league by 30 points per 100 possessions. So, you know, that's a very small sample size and a very dumbed-down way of explaining it. But in short, they were very, very, very good offensively with Gobert on the floor, and that has been a rarity this season. Then, of course, you cycle over to the defensive end, where Gobert really doesn't have to prove as much as he does on offense. We know he's a great defender, and even in this weird season, the Wolves have been much, much better defensively when he's on the floor, and that was amplified in this game as well. He obviously had the three blocks, but he was staunch all night at preventing shots or altering them around the rim. Probably the best evidence of that I can give is that the Clippers were 19 of 37 at the rim, which grades out as 51.4% and ranks in the 6th percentile for all games played this season. Gobert was really, really good as a pick-and-roll defender when he had to deal with both the ball handler and the roll man. He handled LA's Spain or stack pick-and-rolls with aplomb as well. And he finished almost every possession by doubling up boards at the rim or way outside of his rebounding zone, which isn't something he's always done this season. All of that big spiel is to say that Gobert dominated this game. He dominated it in a way that should be replicable, in theory, and he dominated it in a way that he has dominated games in the past. We need to see more of that domination, because if we do, this season will continue spiking upwards, because Gobert really, really is a massive part of whether Minnesota will continue to be a team who can lose six games in a row, and then win three games in a row, or they can be a team who can consistently play above 500 basketball for the rest of the season and get themselves locked into a playoff spot come the end of the season. Hopefully that is what happens. I'll be here to discuss it. I hope you will be too.